Welcome back to the Cushy Millennials podcast. It's been a minute since I've listened to that song. <laughs> so good. So good to be back. And I like that song. It's a great song. Yeah. Shout out to the homie for producing that for us. Respect. Appreciate you. <laughs> so we're here to just basically talk about how we can connect to our wild sides. Facts. And just take some actions on breaking the mold and reclaiming our lives. Mm, talk that shit, babe. That's what we do here. We talk that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about cuddling, mm. grooming, mm. and <laughs> being naked more. Ooh. Ooh. Basically being mammals. I like that. I mean, we wild, are mammals. Wild mammals. Wild actually mammals. Being mammals and not domesticated as well. Mm. All right. So, cuddling. What's your What's your feelings on cuddling? What? How? How does it make you feel? I love cuddling. Um, I think it's It's always nice to you know reconnect with you. Whenever we cuddle, um, I enjoy the closeness that we can share in those moments of cuddling. I enjoy feeling your breathing and just feeling your body inflate and deflate as your breath goes in and out of your lungs. Um, I like to, I'm all about, I'm all about senses. I like the smell of like your hair. It might sound weird, but I like to smell your hair and like the shampoos and different things that are in your hair and, you know, feeling your skin and occasionally, it's hardly ever happens, but occasionally I do enjoy being Little Spoon, but I like being Big Spoon <laughs> too. You know what that reminds me of when I was pregnant and we would cuddle while meditating, like mm -hmm. really late on in the pregnancy when we were like, you were basically learning how to meditate mm -hmm. through, what was it, um, Mindspeed? Mind space? No. Headspace. Headspace. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds wrong. That was close. Yeah. Um, they had that Netflix mm -hmm. series. Yeah. Like five episodes. It was a great series. Really good. Highly recommend. Go check yes. it out. And highly recommend if you're pregnant to meditate with your partner, especially mm -hmm. if you're, well, even if you're not going to have a natural birth. Or plan to have a natural birth. We mm -hmm. were planning on having a natural birth at mm -hmm. the time. We had no idea what was going to happen. No. But, so that was part of our, part of our preparation. Yeah. Cuddling and, you know, doing that meditation Meditating. stuff. Yeah. But that's interesting that you say you like feeling my breath go mm -hmm. in and out. Mm -hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. I wonder if there's benefits of meditating with, like, while cuddling or, like, being in close contact with someone else is meditating. Probably. But either way, we're here to talk about cuddling and its health benefits. See, that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize. And that's something that I didn't realize, that there are, like, actual health benefits that you can get from cuddling. Like, you know, I understand, like, there's, like, this emotion, uh, the emotional benefits that you can get, the psychological, 
benefits that you can also get. But is it like, are we like talking like physical health benefits here that you can get from cuddling? Yeah. So when your body's releasing happy hormones, serotonin, oxytocin, mostly oxytocin and probably serotonin, but oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin. Yes. So when that happens, you feel happier, which in turn helps your immune system. Yeah. So it can directly. um, So it's kind of like a, like a natural vitamin C in a way. Almost. Yeah. And obviously if your anxiety is lower, your stress is lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your cortisol is lower. Right. Which helps lower your blood pressure. Yeah. Which we talked about mm-hmm. helps your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's it's a, it's incredible the amount of damage that stress can cause on the body. Like I think that also goes. Um, that's something that that isn't really talked about as often as it should be. You know how stress can physically affect you and deteriorate you from the inside out essentially so look at that we have a natural combatant to stress and that's finding a cuddle partner or cuddling your significant other if you have one right and with oxytocin i mean people take like hard drugs for this but it can help with pain Mm. if oxytocin is released yeah so literally cuddling can help with pain so it's a pain reliever and a stress reducer. Like and they also try to make this stuff in labs, you know, no, like what you is released. That's crazy. Uh, I wonder how successful they can actually be at trying to recreate the like chemical balance of cuddling and what it does in your brain. Like imagine just one day they just come out with the cuddling pill. It's mm. like take this, and it basically feels like you're being cuddled. But you're not in your actually head. cuddling. <laughs> this, this probably happens or will happen because what what's an example of us doing that already? I mean, like I don't know what's that one movie um, where they were like making air and they were like oh um, the Lorax where. They killed all the trees, and so they had that town that they would sell people bottles of air, like fresh air, because the air was so polluted outside of the town <laughs> that you had to buy bottled air. Imagine right. you buying bottled cuddles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy concept to think about. I just got to go run to the store and re-up my cuddle supply. My serotonin's <laughs> getting low. <laughs> yeah, so it can help with sleep, too. Yeah. I mean, it's so relaxing to be in that state. I'm sure especially, I mean, you can probably speak to this a little bit more than I can because you tend to be small spoon for obvious reasons. Um, so Jordan you, is six, eight. I'm a very tall individual. <laughs> I'm a big man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know, for, for falling asleep and when we do cuddle at night, you know, is it, is it almost, I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it, does it almost feel like, have like a weighted blanket on you and it's kind of like that secure sensation in a way really relaxing yes but like i know that you're asleep because like your body literally gets like 
50 pounds heavier. And I'm like, fuck, I can't breathe, but this is relaxing at the same time. I'm so sorry. Let me just move you a little bit. I like try to not put my full weight on you when we cuddle when I'm awake. And clearly that goes out the window when I fall asleep. See, you help me sleep when we cuddle. Look at that. Full circle moment. You just put, <laughs> you make me so relaxed that all my muscles just go limp and then I suffocate you <laughs> with my weight. <laughs> <laughs> not, not fully suffocating. I, I am strong enough to push you away. Yeah, but it's still uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to sleep with 50 pounds on top of me. Get the hell <laughs> Maybe off. Maybe I was exaggerating <laughs> a little bit. But it, usually it's just like your arm or something. <laughs> like so heavy. So this is a long somehow. arm. There's a lot of weight in this arm. This is a long arm. It's like a three-foot arm right here. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking, well, we spoke of this earlier, but natural birth. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's not a natural birth, it helps with bonding with your newborn yeah it literally is the means of life or death for a preemie oh i mean even any baby <laughs> i remember when well yes, Kaylin first came too. out the first thing they did was throw him on your chest because he needed that body heat because he wasn't yes. producing his own body heat in those early moments so it's like critical for you know young babies to have that initial cuddle with mom like that's literally life or death for a lot of them and i do know you know you mentioned for preemies i know that um i can't remember where i saw this taking place or if like all nicu hospitals do this but um a lot of retirees will actually go to nicus and volunteer their time to cuddle preemie babies to like provide that for them which is super freaking cool i want to do that one day when i'm retired just sure donate my time to a NICU and cuddle preemie babies all day. Yeah, well, it, like, I mean, I can find the numbers, but it literally increases the likelihood of their survival. Yeah. Like, the numbers. Absolutely. Are there, but, um, also helps, obviously, with the breastfeeding process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building, like, that chemical balance for the mother to start producing milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so cool. oxytocin. Again, Look at that like oxytocin. It's hormone loop. Yeah. Um, improves mood. Lower levels of depression. Mm. Look at this. The benefits are just... The list is going. It's growing. I mean, obviously, it helps your connection with your partner. Right. So, I also wanted to kind of talk about grooming too because i mean a lot of what i want to talk about on this podcast is how to reconnect to our wild side and uh, and all the benefits that it has so a lot of times you see more so like the chimpanzee family right just in a conga line picking bugs out of each other's hair and just like cuddling with you like i mean just Physical, physical touch. Contact. Yeah, physical contact. Absolutely. It's like key in their communication and development. I mean, they're our closest living relatives, genetically speaking, so. Right. They say that basically, like, humans have replaced grooming with gossip. Oh, that's an interesting thought. So. Huh. 
that grooming is like the means for chimpanzees to like claim their status in their Uh-oh. like surroundings like a hierarchy kind yes. of a thing like the alpha male and or female would be the ones to be groomed and then everybody else right. behind them so is the like groomers essentially somewhat. yes and but like the female chimpanzees would come in and like if the male chimpanzees were having like an altercation like the females would come in and like groom the one male <laughs> and then groom the other male interesting and then it would kind of like dissipate the huh. or deescalate yeah the conflict <laughs> or whatever but i just remember i you know read some about this i i can probably talk to this more but um yeah they think that it was replaced with gossip Okay. See, when when you first mentioned that, I didn't, I didn't, well, first of all, I didn't know that chimpanzees used grooming as like a hierarchical social status kind of thing, but I understand how that correlates with gossip, but when you first brought it up, I was considering like the grooming to be like the social bonding between chimpanzees and how they like formed those relationships with one another, and then gossiping is kind of how we do that in our own social circles. Right. That, that too. Mm. Yes. That's where my head first went mm-hmm. when you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but I guess more so what I want to talk about is like that, um, just the act of touch and like feeling loved and, um, you know, it goes hand in hand with grooming goes hand in hand with cuddling and touch and, yeah. Um. I mean, I think about, you know, Kaylin's first, about to be a year, you know, his first few months. Kaylin's at son. Home, our son, yes. Our son, um, when his first few months when he came home after his birth, I was like obsessed with grooming that man. Like I would clean his you ears. Still are. I do. He doesn't let me do it as often, which, you know, stinks because he runs away and pushes my hand and smacks me. And, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. But. You know, that was like, it was such a good feeling. It was kind of like a bonding. Like, I felt like a caregiver when I was grooming him, you know? Like, I was taking care of him, making sure he was clean and, you know, looking dapper and healthy and cleaning out those ears, trying to get those boogies out of his nose and trimming his little nails. And then I love that stuff. His cousin Clara came over and you're like, oh, my God. I, I need to clean this baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let me groom your child. <laughs> I'm going to start a baby grooming service. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, these forms of touch actually release endorphins. Yeah, for Feel both parties. Endorphins. I mm-hmm. would assume, for yeah. For both parties. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. Makes sense why I l- enjoy doing it so much. Yeah. I mean, um, even with you, sometimes I'll, like clean stuff out of your hair or like something an eyelash or yeah something. i love getting your eyelashes just, off I don't your know, face just like physical touch is just really satisfying yeah um like just like a stroke of the face or something can mm-hmm. express love way more than just saying like i want you or something i mean yeah yeah, yeah. you know right can portray a lot of emotions 
Um, this is completely off tangent, and I'm really sorry that my head went here, but have you ever heard of, <laughs> this is going to sound really gross, so I'm sorry for anybody who's not into this stuff, but have you heard of a internet sensation doctor called Dr. Pimple Popper? Of course, but <laughs> I think that's the nastiest thing. Okay, yeah, it's disgusting, but, like, I wonder, and this is just where my head went, but I wonder if, like, she gets, like, these same feelings because she's essentially grooming people, if you think about it, like, clearing out those blackheads, getting those. Some people will say that popping zits and stuff is a very satisfying feeling for them. So I wonder if that's, like, kind of in the same wheelhouse for people. Yeah. And well, it's also, like, an expression of love because, like, I'm not popping your pimple unless I love you. Like, sorry. Right. But for me, like, that's I just always a think lie. about, I don't know, I always just think about your cousin Erica in these moments, but a lot of women are like this. But, like, I just know when we're all around each other, like, she's doing something like that for someone, whether yeah. she's, like, popping a pimple or yeah or like trimming right your daughter's <laughs> like nails yeah. or i don't know like yeah. your auntie's doing like your your daughter's hair or mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. i don't know my family does like to groom each other well yes. some of them and they like to just like veg out and be together mm -hmm. and like just talk and mm -hmm. be close in proximity and mm -hmm. like and you're mom and auntie are like amazing huggers they're mm -hmm. just like i don't mm -hmm. know touch is very important in the family it is very important in our family we're big huggers big groomers yeah so i mean it literally can um increase the endorphins in your body like yeah i mean so why not do it why not why not, do it why not? Groom someone. But also, I think for a woman, or e and men too, so a lot of men really enjoy grooming themselves, getting groomed. Yes. Yes. You know. I would say getting groomed more more so than grooming. Well, I mean, I know there's men that enjoy grooming themselves, but f I think as a man, speaking for my gender, it's, especially when you're not in a relationship, it's super uncommon to have somebody do that for you. You know, like I feel like for for women and please correct me if this is wrong but i feel like it's a lot more socially acceptable for you guys to kind of groom quote unquote each other even if it might not be to the level of like your significant other like really getting nitty-gritty with the grooming but you know it's more socially acceptable for you guys to like fix each other's hair or like also get that eyelash a lot more socially acceptable for us to just touch each other right and like right cuddle and hug and mm -hmm. Whereas guys were like, no, get off me, bro. Ugh, get off me. And it becomes like a, like a homosexual, you know. This is a this is a topic yeah. right here. Yeah, I know. Falling down a <laughs> rabbit hole. I'm sorry, but. No, I mean like. Tend to do this. But yeah, I mean it's. That's interesting. And, Why is that the case? Um, because uh, toxic masculinity, I think, at the end of the day. I think that's what it boils down to. I think men are. Well, not all men, but m the uh, vast majority of men are, I would say, homophobic or are afraid of being perceived in a less masculine way. And I think grooming, especially grooming each other, like a man grooming another man or like... Well, maybe it's evolutionary. Maybe, like literally what I was talking about, the 
female the chimpanzees, chimpanzees come yeah. in and groom the men to de-escalate their fights, yeah. basically. But, like, say <laughs> it was, like, a group of dudes, you know, a group of guys, and, like, two of them were having a confrontation about something. Like, one of their one of the boys is not going to walk up and just be like, yo, dog, let me get that eyelash off your, off your nose. Let me, let me fix your hair. Your, your hair is looking a little crazy for this fight right now. You know, like, that's not going to... Not to say that it's, like, a one-in-one exact situation or like but i think yeah i think that's why it's and and it's and i think that's why men enjoy it so much when it does happen to them because it happens so infrequently for them in their lives and then when it does it's like oh my god what are all these endorphins running through my brain like what is is this serotonin oh my god i haven't felt this in years it's like and that's why I think a lot of dudes will tell you that they like to be the little spoon because it's like I'm the one being cuddled. I'm the one being held. Deep down, we all just want to be held, man. Deep exactly. down. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we all just want to be held. We all just want to be seen. Yeah. We all just want to be loved. We were all babies once, and we all want to be babies again. I love that shit. Exactly. It's, it's part of being a human. Just hold me. Yeah, so, I mean, cuddling, grooming, and honestly, this could be a whole other episode, but I feel like, just keep going with the theme that as humans, we get so far and far, farther and farther away from our natural state of being yeah and we aren't naked enough we're not and literally being naked has the same relatively the same benefits as cuddling really grooming Hmm. oxytocin yeah serotonin Mm mm-hmm See, it's interesting. I don't, I think that me, for me personally, while I don't disagree that that is the case, I feel like I get more of that feeling or the, that same sensation that I would get from cuddling from being naked, but when I'm naked by myself. And this has nothing to do with like, because I don't like being naked around you or anything like that, but I just feel I don't know. Maybe it's like a self-conscious thing. Maybe I'm, <laughs> but like I don't, I don't like people looking at my butt. Don't look at my butt. But that's just a personal thing. So it's like if I'm just naked around the house in your home, eventually I'm just gonna be like I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, and I'll just put shorts on or something. Like I won't put underwear on. Did you just say that you get those same? You feel like you get those. Good feel good hormones only if you're naked by yourself. I get they feel more prominent when I'm naked by myself versus when I'm naked in the presence of of you or somebody else. I mean, I'm never naked around anybody <laughs> else, but when I'm naked around you. Okay. But that's just that's just my personal right. experience with with this. Yeah, well, I think um the other like major um it's more so the feeling, the happier, like, endorphin feeling is the feeling of skin to skin. 
I think. Yeah. Well. Okay. Not necessarily just like roaming around naked. And Got then you. the benefits are also like being naked outside, like vitamin D. Oh yeah, I'm never naked release outside. Release the toxins. Like I don't think my butt cheeks have ever seen the rays of the sun ever since yeah. I was like a baby. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, you seen you know, how if pale I've had a cheeky like you seen how pale my thighs are. Suit. Even my right. thighs. Like, I don't wear short shorts when I'm at the beach or something. Like, my my thighs are pasty white. <laughs> Sounds like we gotta go to a nudist beach. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> that gives me anxiety just thinking about it. So, honestly, it's, Im- it's very empowering for some people. Like, it yeah. it's just empowering and, like, helps with their self-esteem um, and it just gets rid of like the stigma. It's just like everybody's kind of naked, so you're just like, yeah, okay, cool. I get that. Like, yeah, I get that. I don't know, but there are like actual benefits of obviously like having your skin being exposed, um, in more places. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get more vitamin D, and then you release toxins like from your sweat because your like, clothes get the sweat and then skin absorbs it again and gross <laughs> but like yeah if you're naked then the toxins are released they just evaporate into the air but then also like the skin to skin component where we were talking about this earlier but um releases oxytocin mm-hmm. and um like some couples say that they just like do a debrief at the end of the day naked, and it's just like I don't know. It's just a good feeling. Yeah. And then basically, like being naked helps people with their self esteem and their body image. Yeah. So they feel more comfortable yeah. naked, which directly correlates to their sex life ultimately. Sure. And you know, improving it. Yeah, I could see how. So so as soon as you brought up the skin to skin contact, then I'm like, okay, yeah, I I do love like cuddling naked, like that's fantastic, and it's not, you know, I don't always um, relate it to a sexual act or you know being or turning into a sexual act, um, but just you know having that skin to skin contact with you is fantastic and amazing and i do so now that you say it okay i get it like when I'm, if we're just walking around the house naked yeah i'm gonna throw on shorts or something because then i'm like eh, this is not really for me you got the my D and B swinging everywhere and just don't want to kind of keep that under control a little bit put my booty cheeks away but if we're just lying in bed like naked like oh yeah i'm super comfortable and chill and i love that for some women i mean like actually well so also it helps if we're sticking with men, it also helps with like sperm, mm. um, mm-hmm. sperm quality, sperm count. Yeah. Um, not not wearing constricting. those tidy whities, mm-hmm. boxer briefs. Right, and let then them boys breathe. Also, let the vagina breathe mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So helps not have bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. I mean, all those all those bits just need to breathe every once in a while. And then, uh, if you let. Your boobs hang out when you're breastfeeding. It helps, you know, with continuing to breastfeed and also helps with any type of infections with nipple. And um, so it's just kind of like just good for you. Yeah. Um, 
And why not incorporate some of these things more in your life with a partner, significant other, anybody you're comfortable with? Yeah. I mean, some people literally like live in nude nudist com- communities. Nudist communities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a whole other topic, I guess. Yeah. But you know, it's just like I don't know, just like talking about getting back to our roots and yeah, being more wild and yeah, just. And I will say, from from experience, you know, it's easy to judge someone who's naked in a setting that you wouldn't consider yourself feeling comfortable being naked in. And I'll give you an example that I experienced in my life just a few years ago um, at a gym that I was going to. Mm-hmm. And in the locker rooms, there's showers there, you know, and there was a point in time where I was, I was, you know, after my workouts, I would be, you know, getting getting changed i wouldn't use the showers i would use them if i went early in the morning because nobody else was there but in the afternoons there was an individual or or a guy who would be in the locker rooms and he would just be naked and i think a lot of especially gym locker rooms like i think a lot of people just don't feel comfortable being fully naked in a gym locker room which is i mean it's a locker room. You're getting showered. You're getting changed. You're getting dressed. I mean, it's it is what it is, and it's super easy to judge and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they were naked in the locker room." Oh, it's so gross. Like, no, it's not really. Like, it's just at the end of the day, it's just a human body. Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't be embarrassed by it. We shouldn't judge. We shouldn't, you know, make someone feel like it's socially unacceptable to do that in a place that it's like you're kind of supposed to do this here like that's kind of what this room is for it's for showering and getting dressed and getting changed and right being naked at least for a little bit gosh there's a lot to unlayer i guess you know maybe it could be just like social norms Mm -hmm. culture or Mm -hmm. traumas Maybe even I think it's more so more so society than trauma based things right. personally. Because I mean it's like even as a as a kid, you know, if you think about when whenever you started showering by yourself, like whenever your parents stopped assisting you in the bath, like that's when they cover up as soon as you're done in the shower. Like don't where's your towel? don't come out of there naked like you're just taught that being naked is something that you just don't do right like we're humans we put on clothes we're not animals and that's what people say we're not animals in the wild we're a wild animal like well kind of but you know that's what we're taught from us from a very young age is that being naked is not okay unless you're in a situation where someone wants you to be otherwise put some damn clothes on mm-hmm so that's why it's so shocking to see someone expressing their nudism out in public. You're like, oh my gosh, are those breasts? Oh, I can't believe she would do that. That's crazy. So I guess another conversation is how do we best raise our children to, I don't know, have some level of comfort with it, but also knowing that you can't just be naked yeah. like in public with Yeah non-consensual I guess I think it's 
I think it just has to do, you know, if I'm, if I can throw my unsolicited advice or opinion out here, I think your aunt actually did or does a really good job with, with this or from the conversations that we've had with her recently about not being afraid to talk about human anatomy in a very matter of fact way. Everybody has a penis or a vagina or has gone through a transition where they don't know or they no longer have a penis or a vagina. And that's okay. Like this is just humans. This is what we are, you know, like dogs aren't or monkeys aren't, you know, ashamed of being naked. And it's like if you approach it with a mature mindset as a parent instead of, you know, putting cute little names on them to your PP or your whatever. Well, I don't know what cute little nicknames you would have for a vagina for to talk to a child about. But we were talking about how they were calling it a kitty, the kitty, the kitty cat, yeah, the kitty or whatever. It's like if you if you just kind of approach it in a more mature manner and just kind of almost desensitize them to it in a way, so that way it's not like not sexualized it's not a shock factor if like they hear it wherever they might hear it because they're gonna hear it and this is stuff they're gonna learn about they're gonna have anatomy classes they're gonna have sex ed so i think if you can just start the conversation and be mature about it and be you know answer their questions let them be curious because they're gonna be curious don't shame them for being curious don't say oh you can't think about that stuff you shouldn't be thinking about that stuff no just answer their questions honestly and just say oh you want to know about this let's talk about it and then you know so just kind of building that that foundation for them but also kind of reinforcing that you're gonna have to be an active member of society and there are areas where if you would prefer to be a nudist you can find those but if you're going to be a part of the general population these are kind of the norms that majority of people follow this is the standards that are set for the majority of people right and this also goes for conversations this is a whole nother topic too but conversations with our children about you know like the act of masturbation and Mm -hmm. things like that all of it Um, sexuality as a whole right but anyway you know with a consensual partner, mm-hmm. consensual, yeah, or mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. or even with consensual friends, family, sure. whatever, what sure. have you, yeah, there's benefits, yeah. Or if you live in certain states, I mean, you might not be naked when you do it, but you can hire someone to cuddle you. Yes, like that's a thing. People get paid. Yeah, and this. they're not prostitutes. Yes. Or, I mean, if you want to pay someone like that for that, I mean, who are we to judge? And then even in in the grooming category, I mean, I don't know, like, as a woman, I feel like, or, I don't know, not just as a woman, but I just feel like whenever I go and, like, get my hair done or get my nails mm-hmm. done, I feel like something good mm-hmm. always happens mm-hmm. after. It's just, like, new beginning, yeah. new chapter. yeah. Just feels, feels good. Yeah. I remember one of the first times that I went to the barbershop slash salon that I go to to get my hair cut. Um, the stylist 
first female stylist that I went to after seeing the barber, the, the male barber. She, like, washed my hair before she cut it. That was the best feeling. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> like, I was like, this is fantastic. It feels really good, like, when other people yeah. take care of your hair. It does. feels mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So just why not do things that just make why you feel not? good? Why not? Have some physical interaction with somebody. Sometimes give soon. a hug. Give a hug. And they say the benefits of getting a hug. It has to be six seconds. Oh, that's very specific. Right, more than six seconds long. Okay. I had that quote somewhere, but so, yeah. I mean, to get the benefits of a hug. Yeah. Six seconds. Yeah, I think this is a perfect time for this topic of discussion because as we come out of this past two years of COVID, we've mm-hmm. all been cooped up in the house. And yes, yeah, some of us have been lucky to be cooped up with family members or a significant other. So you kind of have that, you know, human interaction still. But I know there's a lot of people who live alone and have been cooped up in their own apartments by themselves. And if you are one of those people, freaking go have some physical interaction with somebody consensually right <laughs> that's Consent. at the end of that's the most important point don't just force cuddle someone if they don't want it according to the happiness project which i don't know sounds great i don't yeah. know what that is but you need to hold a hug for at least six seconds to get the happy chemicals oxy- oxytocin and serotonin flowing boom there it is the happiness project told you so it's got to be done those are the chemicals that boost your mood and Promote bonding. I love it. This was great. About to cuddle the shit out of you in a second. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us and being here with us talking about how to be more wild. Yeah. We uh, appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Be sure to high five yourself today. Yeah, and tell yourself you're awesome. Because you are. Catch you later.